Amen, amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. It's so good. It's so good to dance. I had the Lord saying to me this morning in the prayer meeting to dance, <laughs> to loosen up. You know, some of us, we're too rigid, too rigid. <laughs> we need to loosen up. Okay? Loosen up. It's good for your bones, good for your joint, good for your mind. Loosen up. Come on, say to yourself, loosen up. <laughs> loosen up. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. Amen. If you are ready, we'll start. Dig into the word and say with me, I'm receiving revelation, power, anointing this morning. Amen. Spiritual eloquence. The word eloquence means fluency. Because English is my second language, I have to acquire that language. And it's not enough for me just to acquire that language. It's not enough to me to, for me to just speak like a baby or speak like a child. I need to be able to talk like an adult. I need to be able to speak like a lawyer in order that people will respect me. Because if they don't respect me, they won't listen to me. So we have to acquire eloquence. Spiritually, we need to be able to talk. Spiritually, we need to be able to talk. We can't just stay babies. We are meant to grow. We are made to grow. And the same, spiritually, we are made to grow. Devils won't listen to spiritual babies. Devils listen to spiritual adults. Adults who speak with authority, with dominion, with confidence. Can we say amen? So how many of you want to be spiritually eloquent? Lift up your hands. Amen. Amen. Say to the person next to you, I'm getting something this morning. Amen. It has to be intentional. Learning has to be intentional. Okay? It's not a by the way. It's intentional. Well, we've been talking about eyes that see, ears that hear, and this morning we're talking about the mouth that speaks. So eyes, ears, and mouth, they are our vital functioning organs. If you look at them in the natural, your eyes are very important, your ears are very important, and your mouth is very important. In the Bible, Jesus went about doing good and healing the blind, opening deaf ears, and causing the mute to speak. Casting out blinding devils, casting out devils that stop the ears from hearing, and casting out demons of muteness that sit on the tongue and stop people from talking. There has to be a fluency, has to be an activation of our spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, and spiritual tongues. Amen? And this is what this message is about this morning. And if you look at it, you were born with eyes and ears and a tongue. They are our built-in organs. Every part that is in your body had been provided for you by God. You have your built-in mechanisms. 
sickness does not come from God. The devil wants to destroy you physically, in your will, in your mind, and in your emotions, and then in your physical body. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy because there's something that he wants to steal. There is something that he wants to destroy. He wants to destroy you, and he wants to destroy your God-given image, your God-given likeness, so that you will have no power over him. We don't have a problem with God. When you are sick, it's not that God is not healing you. God is never our problem. Our problem is always people and devils. Knowledge is very, very important. Otherwise, you'll be living in darkness. Our built-in system is there. They are our God provisions for successful and healthy living. Come on, say to the person next to you, successful and healthy living. Amen. So your eyes, your ears, and your tongue, they are very, very important to you in the natural and how much more in the spirit. Things that are very important to you in the natural are more important in the spiritual. Notice that, all right? You get it clearer as I continue. Now, we need to always remember that there are two realms. There are two realms, the natural and the spiritual. Two realms, the natural and the spiritual. We all know the natural realm. This is where we Live as mortals. But remember, you are no longer mortals because you have become immortal. You're going to heaven. You're living forever and ever. Not in hell, but in heaven. All right? So don't limit yourself to the realm of mortality. The spiritual realm is a lot higher, faster, and more powerful than the natural human realm. Jesus functioned in the spiritual realm. We were made, when God first created man, we were created in his image and in his likeness. So we were created to function in the spiritual realm as well as the natural realm at maximum capacity. So when Adam fell, he lost that spiritual functionality. And that's the fall of man. It is not the will of God for you to rely on yourself and rely on the people around you. That's idolatry. It is the will of God for us to depend on him because he is the only, overall, never failing provider. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. In the spiritual realm... Water changes into wine without time, speedily. Jesus changed water into wine without the lapse of time. The spiritual, in the spiritual realm, time is subject to and is a servant of God's will. And when you go to heaven, you will be restored to your optimal youth. Aging would be completely taken away from you. There is no time in heaven. 
is eternity. It's called timelessness. You will be restored to your youth optimal capacity. Can we say amen? In the realm of the spirit, we don't have to talk. I don't have to talk to know you. As soon as I walk close to you, I can hear your thoughts. That's why nothing is hidden. There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. There is no secret that will not be made known. Because in the realm of the spirit, it's all light. There is nothing that is dark. There is nothing that is gray. We don't have to talk. We communicate by our thoughts. As soon as I walk close to you, I can hear your thoughts. And you can hear my thoughts. In the realm of the spirit, our feelings are amplified. You no longer say, I love you, Lord. I love you. Your feelings will be amplified a million times in heaven. Amen. And also, in the realm of the spirit, speed is accelerated. That's why the world now is getting to know the realm of the spirit. They talk about the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension, and the sixth dimension. The, the speed in heaven is greater than even the speed of light, the speed of lightning. What is the speed in the realm of the spirit? It's the speed of thought. That means as soon as you think it, it happens. As soon as you think it, it happens. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In this world, it takes a while for your thinking to manifest. In heaven, as soon as you think it, it happens. As soon as you speak it, it happens. Time is accelerated. Why? Because it's no longer a master. It's a servant. In this world, it seems like time is the master. You can't help but just grow and go through the time lapse. But in heaven, it's no longer so. In the realm of the spirit, it's not. Amen? Absolute purity is essential. Absolute purity is essential to function in the realm of the spirit so that you don't get deceived by devils. Please understand that though devils have fallen, they are still spirits. They still function in the spiritual realm. So that's why blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Absolute purity is important for us to go into the realm of God. Our spiritual realm as Christians is the realm of God. It's the realm of holiness. It's the realm of heaven. Listen to me carefully. It's the realm of grace. You can only enter in as God leads you, as you hunger, as you thirst. Amen? You can only enter in as you make up your mind and decide to be a disciple. A disciple of the word of God. A disciple of Jesus Christ. Not just a casual Christian, but a committed disciple of the Lord. Amen. I want us to look at Psalm 45, verse 1. I'm so blessed by this sermon. When the Lord gave it to me last night, I was so, so blessed. 
So, so blessed. I've been so busy, you know, I got it last night. Psalm 45, verse 1. My heart is indicting. Say with me, indicting. A good matter. A good matter. I speak of the things which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. How many of you write? How many of you write? Your diary or even your notes? How many of you write? How many of you know that when you're writing, when the inspiration comes to you, you just... How many of you praise? Come on. How many of you pray? How many of you know that when the spirit of prayer comes to you, you just... And you just go. And that's why what is praying in tongues? Praying in tongues is... It's my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Who is the ready writer? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is ready all the time. And that's why the word of God says that we need to be ready in and out of season. Amen. Lift up your hands and receive that readiness, that you're ready. To be ready means nothing is obstructing you. Nothing is hindering you. Nothing is blocking you. How many of you water your plants at home? What are your plants? And you use the host. How many of you know that, you know, because I have some plants, you know, uh, in the shaded area, in the shelter area, I can't just have my hose everywhere. So what I do is that I just kank the host. I just fold it up and that reduces the flow and that controls the flow. I can stop the flow. The tap is still on, but I can control the flow until I take the hose to where I want the plants to be watered. You can obstruct the flow of the Holy Ghost. You can obstruct the flow of power at will. It's up to you. You can allow a full flow. You can allow a little bit of flow. You can allow 70% of the flow. It's up to you. It's up to you. God, in his grace, in his mercy, he does not interfere. He does not intrude into our lives. God only comes by invitation. Come on, say next to, to, your, to your person next to you, invitation. God does not intrude. You can take him for granted. God only comes by invitation. God only comes by invitation. If you just sit there and don't do nothing, God will sit there and don't do nothing. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Another very powerful scripture. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God is not cheap. He's not cheap. As you want him, he comes. As you draw near, he draws near. Amen. One more time. God comes by invitation. God comes by the desire of your heart. So you see, because of the Holy Spirit, the inspiration has come to the psalmist. 
My heart is indicting a good matter. I'm not carried away by the cares of this world. I'm not absorbed in problems. My heart is indicting a good matter. I'm attracting God. I'm attracting the Holy Spirit, the provider of all good things. And the inspiration comes. My mouth is opened. I speak of the things which I have made, which I have Come to my mind. Amen. Amen. I'm like a a person doing a handicraft, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. The heart was lifted up, inspired, and the tongue expresses the flow of heaven in words. Words that flow forth. Words that bubble up from the spirit. You can't force God. You can't force yourself. You have to be inspired. Can we say amen? Lift up your hands and say, Lord, inspire me. I welcome you. I invite you. Come, Holy Spirit. Lift me up. Take me higher. Amen. In the human realm, observations, we We operate by observations, okay, in the human realm. You know, you go to all the universities and all that, you know, human knowledge is accumulated. So when you observe, you get principles. Observations bring principles. Principles that you can use in your life that enrich your life. But in the realm of the spirit, what do you get? Enlightenment enlightenment. That's why even in human history, there is an age called the age of enlightenment. That's when they have all the inventions. It's called the machine age, the automobile age, the airplanes, and all the mechanics start to come. Inventions come by inspiration. Ask Einstein. Ask those who have invented all the very important breakthrough instruments for human civilization. So in the realm of the spirit is enlightenment, is revelation. Enlightenment and revelation, they come with self-fulfilling power. If God had not made you in his image, you can never be good. You can be good because you have been made in the image of God. What God has done, he has put his self-fulfilling power in you. Enlightenment and revelations, they come with the power to fulfill themselves. Can we say amen? Go with me to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21. Now, we're going to focus on our tongues. Proverbs 18, 21. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of, of, of the tongue. Are you sure? Not in your brain? Not in your mind? Not in your feelings? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's why Jesus said you will be punished for every idle and inoperative word that you have spoken. A lot of Christians, they don't know, why is my, why am I like this? Why am I like this? 
You are hung by your tongue. You've been saying and confessing, I'm old, I'm old. You've been saying and thinking and confessing you're being debilitated. You're decaying. That's the word old, age, decay. The mind starts to decay. The memory starts to decay. And you think you're just saying it. No. Jesus said, for every idle and inoperative word. Why? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is not a human observation. This is a revelation. This is a spiritual law. This is the light. So can you bless yourself with your tongue? Absolutely. Do you know whom you believe most in your life? Whom do you believe most in your life? Come on. Yourself. Don't tell me it's God. If it's God, your life will be a lot better. <laughs> you believe most yourself. <laughs> and that's why God has to change you and transform you in order that your life can be good. So you tell me, Pastor Dora, why are you always talking about good? Is God is good because he is good. You can earn that goodness, but you can't have his goodness rub on you. If you believe, you can have his goodness rub on you. You don't need to earn it and you can't earn it. Why is God good? That's his nature. The word good comes from the word God. So say with me, God is good. One more time, God is good. Say with me, I have God in me. So I am good. <laughs> One more time, I have God in me. So I am good. Some of you don't look like you believe it. Come on. Say with me, I am good. You know, the reason why you're bad is because you believe you're bad. Because your faith will manifest. The reason why you have bad people around you is because you believe they are bad. Your faith will make a way for you. Amen? Tried it out. It works. I've, I've tried it out. So the key is choose life. They that love it, you've got to love your tongue. And don't use it like rubbish. Don't put rubbish on your tongue. They that love it, you need to sanitize. What's that word? Sanitize. We need to sanitize our tongues. I, need to, I needed to do that when I got born again. Because when I got born again, I was so convicted because I was a honky. You know, I am honky. And you know, Hong Kong, Hong Kong Chinese, oh, it's so bad. Hong Kong Chinese is very bad. You know, everything is like, gam soy ga, gam soy means so bad. And the Holy Ghost said to me, you need to remove that from your vocabulary. Soy means damned, bad, you know, very bad. So I removed that from my vocabulary. No more soy, you know, nothing bad. And another word that I needed to remove from my vocabulary when I got born again was the word guai. You know, it's not enough to say gam soi. They have to say gam guai soi. So devilish bad. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> it's terrible. And when the Holy Spirit showed me that, Whoa, wow, that's so bad. You know, that's why I had a problem listening to Hong Kong people because the language was terrible. It's like you're cursing yourself all the time. 
unknowingly. And that's how the devil takes advantage of us. It's because we don't know that we're cursing ourselves. You can curse yourself with your tongue. You can curse yourself with negative emotions, negative thoughts. So listen to me and be wise. Choose life. Pray with me. Choose life. One more time. Choose life. Amen. Stay away from sin and death. Stay away from garbage. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Now, we need to understand that the church lost that Pentecostal power for a while. And for a while, the church, all that the church taught about is just characterization. You know, have a good character. And if bad, th- if bad times come, suffer, you know. If bad times come, suffer. All of that is important. It's foundational. You don't just, you know, quit. You don't quit on God when bad things come. You know, I love God because God loves me. I believe in healing because healing is in the word. Even if he doesn't heal me, I still believe in healing. I believe in provision because God is my provider. Even if I don't get provision, I still believe in provision. And it's never God's fault. It's because I don't know enough or I haven't believed enough or I have obstacles in my life or I have blind spots in my life. So the one who needs to change is never God. The one who needs to change is me. God is the creator. I am the created. Amen. I need to learn. I need to draw from him. I need to grow. Can we say amen? Amen. We don't ever point finger at God and say, why didn't you do this? The truth is in hell. There is and there will be. A lot more people that would all the time be cursing God and blaming God and complaining about it. The key is don't join them. Can we say amen? Now let's look at Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. Now when you read your Bible, make sure that you either have a crayon or a highlighter with you. I use crayon because crayon won't go to the next page. All right? So there are words that you need to highlight. I want you to highlight the word Pentecost. Pentecost means the coming of the Holy Spirit in full power from heaven to earth. And I want you to highlight fully come. That means the Holy Spirit had fully come. All the powers of heaven have fully come. God has reserved nothing that he has not given to us. There is nothing good that he has withhold from you. You are blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenish. It's in the word of God. In the past, for too long, the church had only focused on what people should do and can do. Suffer. When things get bad, suffer. When people mistreat you, suffer. The word of God says, vengeance is mine. At the same time, the word of God says that seek his justice. That's in the kingdom warriors. Listen to it. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, I want you to highlight one accord. All right. And I want you to highlight one place. And suddenly, highlight suddenly, there came a sound, highlight sound from heaven. 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled, highlight the word filled, all the house where they were sitting. And then, what's that verse? Yes. And there appear, I want you to highlight the word appear. Appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat on, sat on. And then highlight each. No one was ignored. No one was rejected. Come on, say to yourself, I will never be ignored. I will never be rejected. You don't need to live by somebody's approval. You don't need to live by somebody's affirmation. You are the most important person in your life. Everything that you need, God can give to you through yourself. Others can agree with you. Others can point you and take you to the springboard so you can go higher. But you don't live your life dependent on people. That's humanism. And began to speak with other tongues, say other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I want to show you a few important points. Is that okay? So we see here, there was an inspiration from heaven, which caused all of them to be uplifted and inspirational, and also aspirational. How many of you know the word aspire? What does that mean? Aspire. Reach forth. That's right. Reach forth. Look up. So God inspires when we aspire. Come on, say it with me. God inspires. I aspire. One more time. God inspires. I aspire. So if you need wisdom, what do you do? Aspire. As I said, you do nothing, God does nothing. You need money, you aspire. You need health, you aspire. You need peace, you aspire. Draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So can Christians be just sit there, be sitting down and just, God. <laughs> you can't. Because... <laughs> You do nothing, God does nothing. Come on, say to the person next to you, you do nothing, God does nothing. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. Even your phone, what do you have to do? Charge it. Even your phone, what do you have to do? Turn it on. Amen. How much more God? Now, don't make that very bad mistake. I'm too busy for God. I felt the hurt of God in my heart when I saw people that were too busy for God. You cannot afford to be too busy for God. If I were you, I would cut down my days of work so that I would have time for God. My work comes from God. I can work till I die and stay poor if I don't have God in my life. God can prosper you and turn you from a pauper to a millionaire. 
One idea from God will fill your account with millions. God is the author of your time. Your time is more expensive than money. Your time can make you money, but money cannot make you time. We fly now to save time. We use tunnels to save time. But there are people that waste time to save money. Which is wiser? Come on, tell me. Which is wiser? To waste time and save money or to use money and save time? Use money and save time. Time is your life. Your lifespan is your time. You can never earn time. You can never gain time. But you can earn money and you can make money. So which is of a higher rank? Time or money? Time. That's how you prioritize. That's wisdom. If you receive it, lift up your hand and say, I receive. So that was an inspiration from heaven which caused them to be all lifted up. To be aspirational. They became thirsty and they became hungry. So if you look at verse from verse uh, 1 to verse 3, Acts chapter 2, that was all what God did for them. It's like in the Montessori term, God set up the environment for them. (laughs) God set up the environment, but they had to be yielded. They had to be hungry. Thirsty. They had to be taking, 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 taking the inspiration of God. Can we say amen? That's how they became spiritually eloquent. There is a difference between speaking in the spirit and speaking in the natural. We can all speak in the natural, English, Chinese, Indonesian, whatever. In the natural, as you speak, your mind is working. There's a thinking process happening in your brain. But in the spirit, you don't. In the spirit, it's given to you and you speak. It's given to you, you speak. It's given to you, you speak. That's how all the prophets functioned in the Old Testament. And that's how all the prophets still function in the New Testament. In the natural There is a thinking process which decides what we're going to say. You have a topic, you have a theme, you have an an idea, and you think it through and you speak it. Yet, when we are provoked, when we are provoked, when we react, we don't go through the thinking process. We just... Why? Because anger is of the spirit. Anger is a demon. Demons don't have to think. They just bang. God spoke and it was. Prayers came to you. It didn't come through your mind. There's no such thing called written down prayers. So you can be intellectually very clever and yet spiritually dumb. Because you have never trained yourself to speak eloquently in the spirit. Prayer is not a religious obligation. 
prayers are good for you. To function successfully in the realm of the spirit, you need to be able to pray. Don't forget, devils are still spirits. They operate in the realm of the spirit, which is still higher than the realm of the natural, than the realm of man. And that's what happened to them in the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended upon them and there were fire on them and they started to And to the human mind, it was like gibberish. That's the word tongues. It was like gibberish. It was like, what did I say? But in the realm of the Spirit, God was downloading mysteries, power into them. How many of you know that when you were born, you did not figure out how to think? You were naturally given the ability to think. You didn't figure out how to speak. Like you would if you have to acquire a second language. You were able to speak. Babies pick up the sound and they spoke. If I were brought up in England, I would speak English. If I were brought up in Indonesia, I would speak Indonesian. If I were brought up in Tokelauan, I would speak Tokelauan. It's an innate ability. An innate ability. Like the ability to see, the ability to hear, and the ability to speak. We spend so much time looking at what's around us, outside of us, and we ignore and we neglect to cultivate and to nurture and to build what has been given, what have been given to us on the inside. And that's what the awakening is about. When the awakening comes, God will show you what he had already put on the inside of you. On the inside. So now, activate them and use them. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Come on, that's why we dance. Because there's so much in us. Come on, everybody come on, stand up right now. Come on and move. Come on, jump, jump, move. Come on, say with me. There's so much, so much in me. So much. So much, so much in me, so much. Loosen up, loosen up, loosen up. There's so much in me. Glory be to God. Don't just sit there. Glory be to God. Don't sit on the gifts of God. All right, you can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So the tongues that they were given, or we are given, the tongues did not come to them through a learning process. There was no mental, logical reasoning involved. There was no requirement for speaking in tongues. Amen? Hallelujah. They were filled. And as they were filled, they spoke. Devils provoke the Jews. God leads. And that means you still have to choose to follow. Remember, just like, you know, with the autocracy, with the um, aristocrats, tyrants, dictators, devils like to control. But God is a free spirit. And that may risk people choosing wrongly, but still, God does not, does not change. So we have to respect everyone's free will. Everyone is free to choose. 
Everyone is responsible for his or her choices. You can point them to, you can encourage, you can explain, but you don't dictate. Can we say amen? Amen. Say with me, I rebuke the spirit of control, the spirit of manipulation in the name of Jesus. Get out of me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Don't ever overlook the choice, the free will. Amen. And what's that with one accord in one place? In one accord, in one place does not mean that they were in agreement, mental agreement. No, in one accord, in one place means they were in that place of desire, the place of hungering and thirsting after God. Remember, Jesus said to them, remember, do not leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Before Jesus left them, Jesus gave them that commandment. And what were they doing? They were waiting. They were waiting. They were not just waiting as if, okay, we obey Jesus, you know. It's like, oh, I come to church because it's Sunday. No, they were waiting. Don't forget, in those days, if people found out that they were Christians, they would be beheaded. Boom. It's a matter of life and death. You cannot afford not to have power. You die. Understand the intensity of the New Testament church. It's not Christians working in the office, you know. <laughs> no, no. We are talking about Christians. Most of them were slaves in those days. And most of them in the working class. Most of them were servants. And if they ever been found out that they were Christians, they would be beheaded, killed, thrown into the lion's den. So they were intensely waiting, waiting for power because they could not live on without God sustaining them, without God empowering them. You know, they were very surprised as well. The church started to grow and the church started to grow in spite of all the persecution. You know, this day people come to church, it's convenient. If your time is not convenient, they don't come. But in those days, it's a matter of life and death. If they didn't come, they would die. They did not have the power of God, they would die. Either they betray God or they submitted to God. It's a matter of life and death. I believe with all of my heart that even in this day, it is a matter of life and death. You may prioritize other things, but soon you will find out. Your, the consequence will come to your life if you put God behind all your other priorities. Amen? So the unity is very, very important because they realize that they cannot do it in and of themselves. So they're saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything until I've got the power. If I don't get the power, I get into abuse. If I don't get the power, I will be thrown into the lion's den. If I don't get the power, I don't get the money. If I don't get the power, I don't get the food. So I need to do it. I need to do it. If I don't get the power, I'll go back to drugs. If I don't get the power, I'll go back to chemical abuse. 
I need it. I need it. I need it. I think it's so important for the church, for all of us Christians, that we don't forget that we need God. There is no life without God. There is no health without God. There is no joy without God. There is no prosperity without God. God is not your second choice. God is your most important choice. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things that you're dying to get will be added unto you. That's the truth. You don't have to be broken. You don't have to be sick to find God. Find him first and you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be broken. Can we say amen? Amen. That's the place of unity. Amen. And that's the place where they get suddenly, suddenly it came. Amen. And I want you to see how God appeared to them. And go back to Acts chapter 2. So God appeared to them. Number one, the first thing they heard, sound. The second thing they saw, the cloven tongues of fire. And the third thing they spoke. So the eyes, the ears, and the tongue. So go back to Psalm 45, verse 1. My heart is indicting a good matter. Can I ask you, which part of you connects you with God? Which part of you connects you with God? Come on. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart connects you with God. Now, I've had other preachers, other writers, even Kenneth E. Hagen, saying that the heart means the spirit, but he was wrong. The heart is the center of your being. And that's why in the Bible, sometimes the heart is bad, sometimes the heart is good, because it's dependent on your choice. It's dependent on you. And the word of God says, Jesus himself said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So your heart follows your priority. So if your priority is natural, your heart becomes natural. If your heart is, if your priority is spiritual, wanting to know God, then your heart becomes spiritual. So with your heart, you connect with God. And that's why some Christians, when I'm in church, I'm very connected. When I'm out of church, no, I'm not connected. Because your heart is very important. Jesus said, guard your heart. For out of it flows the issues of life. Where there is life, there is no sickness. Where there is life, there is no decay. What is life? There is so much life that sickness is driven away. Jesus said to his disciples, you shall lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. That means sickness is driven. Sickness is driven. And that's why it's so important for you to lay hand on yourself, whichever part is not comfortable, lay hand on yourself and command every demon of sickness and disease to go and speak recovery into your body. Why? Your tongue has the power of life and death. So should you despise yourself? Should you look down on yourself? Should you train yourself to use your tongue to pray? Should you just rely on Pastor Dora to pray for you? No. Can you pray? Can you be fluent in prayer? 
Yes, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, say with me, I am the name of the game. I'm taking the responsibility to better my life, to improve my life, to synchronize with God, to express himself in a dark world. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say to the person next to you, God wants your life to be good and successful. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. You know, people say, why do you talk about successful all the time? That's prosperity teaching. Yes, I believe in prosperity. Heaven is a prosperous place. The floor of heaven is made of gold, not paved in gold, but made of gold. And here we find carpeting is expensive, wood floor is expensive, and God has got the the most expensive floor. Amen? God wants to prosper us. The key is that your heart stays pure. Prosperity comes by grace. Prosperity comes by grace. Prosperity comes by grace. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say prosperity comes by grace. God will open doors for you that no man can open. Amen. God will open doors for you. Shirley gave her testimony uh, yesterday in her home warming celebration. God will open the door for you. God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. Prosperity comes from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let this revelation sink into your spirit. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. Lay not up. Come on, highlight that. Lay not up. That means don't do it. Lay not up for yourselves. Don't work for yourself. Work for God. Does that make sense? (laughs) Don't work for yourself. Work for God. Does that make sense? Yes. That's where the tithing and the offering comes in. Everything that you earn becomes sanctified. Sanctify to multiply. Come on, say with me. Sanctify to multiply. One more time. Sanctify to multiply. Amen. Amen. Don't miss that part, okay? So lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where more than rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where, the, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Can I ask you, what's the comparison here? What's the comparison? The comparison is between heaven and earth. The comparison is between what is temporary and what is eternal. Let me ask you, if I were to give you plastic and gold, which one would you choose? If I were to give you crystal and diamond, which one would you choose? Why? Eternal value. Lasting value. So Jesus is saying, be wise. Choose what lasts. 
How many of you know that you can have many things? You can acquire a lot of money, a lot of fame, a lot of fortune, you know, a lot of beauty, but on the inside, you are dying. And you know you're going to hell. That's not a good position to be in. Jesus said you can gain the whole world, but lose your soul. This life is for a short time. Eternity is forever. How many of you have experienced a nightmare? How many of you have had a nightmare before? And you were so glad that you woke up. But hell is like in a nightmare from which you can never wake up. And the terrible thing is that Jesus would speak to those who've had miracles in their lives, who were obviously saved Christians. And Jesus said to them, depart from me, for I never know you. So the important person who really knows you is yourself and God. You have to make up your mind, don't be stumbled by those around you, and you don't stumble others. A lot of people suffering from depression, from sickness, suffering from oppression, despair, because of how people have treated them in the past. And they react, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, evil for evil. If you run in a red race, you become a red. That's why Jesus said, do not be overcome by evil because the power of darkness is real. But overcome evil with good. And in the same way, do not believe in sickness and disease, but overcome sickness and disease with divine health. With faith in health and healing. Faith is your weapon, your power. And faith requires you to deposit the word of God into yourself. Take the word through teaching, through sermon, through reading the word into yourself. Listening to sermon, listening to teaching is the quickest way to learn and to grow because somebody has studied for you. And so you take that word and deposit it on the inside of you. And you deposit it and you deposit it and you deposit it. And the word, because it's self-fulfillment, it, it will fulfill itself. It will start to bubble forth from you. And when you start to pray, the word will start to lead you in prayer. The word of God will start to lead you in prayer. All you have to do is to choose to open up your mouth. Just open up your mouth and the word will come forth. The language will come forth. Amen. You cannot afford to be a passive Christian. You have to be a proactive Christian. Offer your body as a living sacrifice, not a dead, a living sacrifice unto God. Amen? So when you're, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't just say God hasn't given it to me yet. No, the day of Pentecost had fully come. You know, I know people that, I mean, myself as well. I was just at home by myself in the bathroom. I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, you don't have to look at others and say, you know, I'm not going to pray like them. No, don't let others stumble you and you don't stumble others. You don't have to be bitter when others are bitter against you. 
You don't have to be angry when people are angry with you. You don't have to despise yourself because others despise you. Can we say amen? Amen. Rise up to who you are in Christ Jesus. Lay hold. Amen. And as you lay hold of God's word, which is self-fulfilling, it will come out of you and it will come out of your mouth. It will come out of your mouth. And before you know it, your tongue becomes the pen of a ready writer. Now, for those of you that you know that you're called to be musicians, your heartbeat is in music. The word of God says that you sing in the spirit. And you sing with your understanding. You pray with your spirit. And you pray with your understanding. You notice the order? Which one comes first? What's the order? Spirit first. You pray with your spirit. And you pray with your understanding. You sing with your spirit. You sing with your understanding. And that's why God has to give us the Holy Ghost baptized Holy Spirit baptism. Amen. To completely you immerse you in the realm of the spirit and you come out. Can I ask you to stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me. Stand with me. Thank you, Lord. I need to make a very important point because the Holy Spirit just reminded me. Now, don't make the mistake of becoming a task-oriented Christian because it will kill you. What do I mean by that? Everything is a task. Everything becomes a task. When you are a task-oriented person, a lot of Asians are like that. You lose your heart. You become so absorbed in your work that your heart is not functioning anymore. Your mind, your brain takes over. But God is not a task person. He is a spirit. It's the heart of God. We need to flow with him. That's what revival is about. We need to flow with his heart. You need to be a heart Christian not a task Christian. Why is my husband like this? Why is my wife like that? You become task oriented. You have expectation. You have standard. And you want people to come up to your standard. And you measure people with your standard. That becomes the law. And because you're in the law, you lose the grace. It's by grace, it's by grace that we are saved through faith. No one can enter into the realm of the spirit but by grace. And don't get into competitive jealousy. The Bible says it's foolish to compare. It's foolish to compare. The minute you start to compare, you take your eyes off God and you put your eyes on people. Even in business, don't compare. Prosperity comes from the Lord. And God will miss a lot of people just to come to you. Because he's attracted by your heart. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Every eye closed, every, every head bowed. If you're here this morning and you know and you know that your heart is not yet connected with God, I want to invite you to do so now. Don't do it for anybody else. Do it for yourself. You need God.